Welcome to Leading the Way, a ministry of Brooklyn Baptist Church in Chesney, South Carolina. Join us each week for practical preaching and foundational truth from God's Word. Here's the pastor of Brooklyn Baptist Church, Clay Collins. Thank you for listening to the broadcast today. Our prayers that the song and sermon will be a help and encouragement to you as you listen. Today on the broadcast, we're going to start by featuring a song by a trio out of our church entitled Bring It All to Him. Then we're going to go right into the message. And this message is from Exodus chapter number 17, dealing with the manna that God fed the children of Israel with. And we've simply entitled this message Food for the Journey. And we're going to take our text from Exodus chapter 17. So get your Bibles open, worship with the trio as they sing, then hear the Word of God preached today on broadcast. When troubles come against me and I feel so overwhelmed when it seems the more I try giving my troubles seem to swell and when I've reached the end of me and my faith is growing dim I hear a sweet voice whisper just bring God all. 
chapter 16 I want to look this morning at this manna that is described to us in Exodus chapter 16 we find as we come to Exodus chapter 16 that the children of Israel have started their wilderness journey we talked about in Exodus 12 how they were set free by the blood of the lamb can I say today you're still only going to be saved by the blood of the lamb not of a physical lamb that you can bring in here this morning but by the capital L lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world we saw in Exodus 12 a great picture and illustration of the Lord Jesus Christ in the Lamb that was spotless and that was shed so that they might be delivered and set free up from Egypt. We brought to you last Sunday night in those bitter waters of Mara how that they saw a tree which pointed to Calvary and how God can take our bitter problems, our bitter places and make them sweet when we get a good fresh glimpse of Calvary. When we come to Exodus 16, they're traveling away from Elam and they're going on into the wilderness. Here they begin to murmur and they begin to say, well, here we are. We went away from Elam. We have nothing to eat. All that we have supplied, all that we have hoarded up, all that we brought with us, all the, the, the vittles and all the stuff they have brought with them and collected and took for the journey has begun to run out. Here they are in the middle of the wilderness and they're wondering, God, what are we going to do? What in the world are we going to do? They even begin to murmur against Moses. They even begin to murmur against God and they make this statement that God must have brought us out here to kill us and leave us to die in the middle of this wilderness but can I remind you when it comes time to get to the wilderness the same thing that has fed them then is going to feed them there amen the same thing that set them free is going to be what suffices them and satisfies them in the middle of the wilderness amen you say preacher I'm looking for a new this I'm looking for a new that hey I'm not looking for anything new I'll take the old old story I'll take the old old book I'll I'll take the old gospel message. I, the same God that set me free from Egypt will satisfy and suffice in the middle of the wilderness. Amen. Here they are and the Bible tells us that God provided for them. God supplied what we know of in the word of God as manna for them in the middle of their wilderness. And the Bible records to us at the end of Exodus chapter 16 that God gave them this manna for 40 years as they traveled through the wilderness. When I began to look at this manna, when I began to look at how it came and its characteristics and all the different things about this manna, it reminds me of Jesus Christ. 
Take your Bible and jump to John 6 quickly. Leave your place there in Exodus 16. We're coming back. But I want you to look what the Bible said in John chapter number 6. You say, preacher, how in the world in a bread that looks like a, a, a sweet little piece of bread do you see Jesus Christ? I'm going to tell you why. Look in John 6. John chapter 6 and look with me uh, at these few verses here. John chapter 6 and verse number 31. The Bible said in John 6 verse 31, Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. They're speaking unto Jesus and talking about the manna that came in the wilderness there for the children of Israel. Verse 32, Then Jesus said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then said they unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Preacher, what are you saying? He is the bread of life. He is the heavenly manna. When I read about the manna in Exodus 16, I'm reminded that every characteristic, everything about it points me to Jesus Christ, who is the bread of life that came and came down to you and I and laid down his life to satisfy and suffice us and I want to tell you this yes in the physical nature I might hunger but I found something spiritually that satisfies and I want to tell you I don't need another savior I don't need another religion I don't need another book I don't need another blood I don't need another blessed hope I'm satisfied when I've got a drink of the living water and got a taste of the heavenly manna who is Jesus Christ. Amen. Jump back with me to Exodus chapter 16. I want to preach this afternoon on food for the journey. Food for the journey. I'm glad that God set me free. I'm glad that I've been set free from Egypt. I've been saved by the grace of God. I've been heaven born and I'm heaven bound. Amen. I'm glad for what God has done in my heart. But I want to tell you, I'm glad that my, when my salvation took place as a six-year-old boy, I didn't just quote-unquote meet Jesus. And he left me there. I'm glad that through every day, he has always been there. He has always satisfied me. He has always been faithful. He has been there every step of the way. He is consistent. He is wonderful. Just like that manna was faithfully there for 40 years, every step of the way, until I get to glory one day, he is always going to be there. That is why I believe in eternal security. I don't believe you can lose it. The Bible is very clear about eternal life. I am sealed by the Holy Spirit of God under the day of redemption. Can I tell you just like the manna came down every day and was there for them. Jesus is there for us every day as well. He is that bread of life. He is that bread. He is the food for the journey. Here's the thing. If we're not careful we'll be just like those children of Israel. We'll get, well, we get tired of the food God's given us for the journey. 
We'll begin to look for a new doctrine. We'll begin to look for a new person. We'll begin to look for a new prophet. We'll begin to look for a new book. We'll begin to look for a new song. We'll begin to look for this, that, and the other as something to make you bring happiness and satisfaction. But I'm telling you, God gave you everything you needed to pertain to life and godliness. He gave you Jesus Christ. That's all you need for the journey. Amen. All the food you need from the journey is in Jesus Christ, the manna that was sent down from God. Amen. Number one, this, morning, this afternoon, I want to look at, you say, preacher, how in the world do you see Jesus in this? Well, first of all, I see him in the coming of the manna. Preacher, what do you mean? Look at verse 13 of Exodus 16. Exodus 16, 13, the Bible said it came to pass that at even the quails came up and covered the camp. And in the morning the dew lay round about the host. And when the dew that lay was gone up, behold, upon the face of the wilderness, there lay a small, small round thing as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. Preacher, what are you saying? What I'm saying is this. It reminds me of the coming of Jesus Christ. When I read about this manna and I see about its coming, it reminds me of how Jesus came. You say, why? Because it was sent from God. It came from God. Jesus told us in John chapter 6, Moses didn't give you that manna. Moses didn't make that manna appear. But God sent it down. And can I say this? Listen, man didn't create their own Savior. Man didn't duplicate or produce a Savior named Jesus Christ. God sent forth His Son made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the spirit of adoption of sons. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. The Bible said in 1 Timothy 1.15 that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. He came he was sent he was given all of those terminology used concerning Jesus Christ it's not the fact that one day we molded together a Jesus or we made up an idol or we started a new religion or turned over a new leaf but God looked down upon mankind and saw us helpless hopeless and heavenless in our sin and God sent forth his son made of a woman come through the virgin woman Mary to save mankind he said, I came not to call sinners, but righteous under repentance. We find the manna in its coming reminds us of Jesus Christ because it was sent by God. We find that it reminds of Christ because of when it was sent. Not only who sent it, which is God, but when it was sent, it came down at night time. It came down at a time when nobody expected it. It came down at a time when no one was looking. It came down at a time when it was dark. It, I, I, it was beautiful last night. We went out into the snow and looking into the light, uh, the, the big light, the security lights there and the, the lighting, the outside lighting there that looks over the premises. You could see the, 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 the snow as it was falling. And boy, how beautiful it is to just see the, the, the perfection of that snow and how uniform it was as it fell to the ground as I looked in the light it almost looked like the snow was going this way but yet as I looked closer it seemed like it was coming this way I mean a beautiful sight to see the white snow falling and I thought about that manna boy wouldn't it be a beautiful sight to see the white manna as it fell to the ground there every day to feed them preacher what are you saying well here's the 
the pain. One of the most beautiful things is knowing that the Word of God tells us that Jesus Christ came, amen, that He came. He came at a time when nobody expected Him. He came at a dark time of sin when there had been hundreds of years of no revelation and no, no, no word from God, so to speak, there between the Old and New Testament. He came at a time, and He came in a lowly manner. He When He came, He did not go straight to an earthly throne. He didn't dethrone Herod. It was not a big hooping and hollering match. He was born in a lowly manger. He was born in a stable. He was put in a feeding trough. It reminds me when I read about the manna of the Jesus Christ and when He came. But it also reminds me of the way He came and where and who He came to. Preacher, what are you saying? This manna came to a rebellious, a stiff-necked, and a sinful group of people. When you read the first part of Exodus 16, you'll find that these people were murmuring against God. In the latter half of Exodus 16, they're enjoying manna from God. That don't make a whole lot of sense to me. But I'll be honest with you, from ever since I got saved at six years old, I've been trying to figure out why in the world God would love somebody like me. Why in the world He would send forth His Son, made of a woman, made under the law to redeem them, who couldn't help themselves. Why in the world? would God reach further down than I could reach up and rescue my filthy rotten soul from a devil's hell it doesn't make sense to me the manna doesn't make sense to me why God would supply it and God would satisfy them after they just murmured against him but I'm glad hey there were days in my life when the Holy Ghost of God was dealing with me and I didn't get saved but I'm glad for that day he made himself real to me and I called on him I lifted a hand up and he reached down and he pulled me up out of the miry clay and set my feet on a solid rock and established my goings and saved my soul from a devil's hell. Preacher, why? I don't know why. All I can say is because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. I don't know why except to say that's the perfect definition of the love and the mercy and the grace of God. I don't understand it all but I'm glad he came to save sinners and I'm glad he took my place at Calvary and he died for me I tell you I don't know why in the world in Exodus 16 God didn't just bring judgment down I don't know why in the world when they got to murmuring they had done murmured already before Exodus 16 I'd think about two or three strikes I'd just said you're out and you're done I'll find another group of people to take over into Canaan land but I'm glad even when I was lost in my sin God wasn't counting one, two, three, you're out. There's no telling how many chances I've been given since I've, before I got saved and since I've been saved. I'm glad we're not playing a baseball game with God because I'd been out after three strikes and been done and on my way to hell. I'm glad I'm not playing a Super Bowl with God. I'm glad, I listen, because I'm telling you I can never attain, I can never arrive at the standards of the, or the goodness of God. My good works can never attain me a place to, uh, to be something in God's uh, court system. But all I can say is thank God for the blood. Thank God for Jesus. Thank God that I've been saved and I now have the righteousness of God. I can't explain why he did, except it's the mercy and the grace and the love of God. Hallelujah. We could see Jesus in the manna because of its coming. Number two, because of his characteristics. 
Notice what the Bible said in verse 14 and down through this chapter. It's going to describe to us even other places in the Word of God. And I'm not going to go to all the places our time is going. Even when you come down to verse 31 of the same passage, it said it was like a coriander seed. It was white. The taste of it was like wafers made with honey, emphasizing that it was sweet. The Bible told us back in verse 14, it was a small, round thing. It was circular. It was round. It was small. Uh, it, it was not something massive. It, it was not a cake this big, amen. It wasn't a pancake this big, amen. It was something small, something round. All these characteristics uh, point to us to a person named Jesus Christ. It was small. That speaks of humility. The Bible tells that Jesus Christ made himself of no reputation. He took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found fashioned as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. We find that in the characteristics, it was round. It was circular. Anytime you preach a wedding, you normally will take a ring and you'll, you'll use the ring as a symbolization of how that a ring is round. It is a circle. It is never ending. In that circle it emphasizes uh, never ending. I'm glad that our God was not created by man. I'm glad it, you can't go back and you can't find a existence or a start point for God. The Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that he is Alpha and Omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. He always has been, always will be. If you could take and put eternity on a map, it would just keep going both directions. You'll never find the beginning before God. You're never going to find the end after God. He always has been, always will be. He is Alpha and Omega. He's A to B. He's first and the last. He is the beginning and the end. You say, preacher, I want to go back to the beginning. Well, you're going to smack right back into the face of God. He is the beginning. He is the end. Why, preacher? He's always has been, always will be. Just as a ring is circular, it's eternal. It's never ending. But the circular, the circular shape of that and the roundness of it speaks of consistency and faithfulness as well. This ring that I've got here it's still got its form every way you look at it the diameter the circumference the shape it is consistent it is faithful it is the same shape all the way around what I'm saying is this God is no different he is consistent every side of God you look at he's faithful he's consistent he is the same God yesterday today and forever he is faithful he said in first Thessalonians 5 24 faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. I'm glad today my God is faithful. He is consistent. The same God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is my God. The same God of every saint of God that lived. The same God of Paul is my God. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm glad he's eternal. He is consistent. He is faithful. He is never ending. Then that thing also is white. It was a white substance. It had the color that was white. 
we find as we begin to study in verse 31 that it was like coriander seed. It was white. That word white emphasizes purity. We said this morning in Isaiah 118, though our sins be as scarlet, they shall be made white as snow. The analogy in Isaiah 118 is saying though we are dirty, we are rotten, God can clean us. God can purify us. God can make us pure. The Bible said in Hebrews 11:26 that he, our high priest became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. Can I tell you today that God is pure? There was no guile found in his mouth. He never looked to lust. He never cussed. He never done anything wrong. He was a perfect man. He walked this earth 33 and a half years and lived a perfect life. He was the perfect, spotless Lamb of God, the sinless sacrifice, the substitute for our sins, who died in our place. His blood is perfect. His blood is precious. His blood is able to pardon and redeem mankind. I'm glad that God is pure and He's holy and He's harmless and He's undefiled and He's separate from sinners. I'm glad He's made higher than the heavens. That manna was also sweet. The Bible said it was like coriander seed white and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Hallelujah. I like honey. I like sweet things. We preached last Sunday night about bitter people. I like sweet people. I like being around people that are sweet. I like being around people that know God and know how wonderful He is. The psalmist said, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. I'm glad I've got been exposed to some people that have tasted and saw how sweet and how good God is and that sweetness is rubbed off on them and they can't help but be sweet because they found out how sweet God is. Amen. I'm going to tell you that that manna was sweet to the taste. I want to say I've tasted and saw that the Lord is good and I want to say I want to do my best to be sweet as well. But I'm going to tell you one thing. God is sweet. I may not ever, I may not understand it he does. I may not understand everything he's going to do. I may not can comprehend it all in my mind but there is one thing about it. He is sweet. He is wonderful. He is the lily of the valleys. He is the rose of Sharon. He's the fairest among ten thousand. He is the chiefest one. He is sweet like manna. He's sweet like a wafer with honey. You've never tasted anything as sweet as when you get a taste of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. He's sweet. He's also like that coriander seed. You say, preacher, what's so big about that illustration and that analogy and that being used in the context of verse 31? He's like that coriander seed. When I begin to study that seed and that, what that means, that what I find the most interesting is it says coriander seed. Whenever you see something that's got a seed in it, you eat an apple, you eat a watermelon, you eat anything that's got a seed in it, most of the time we take the seeds and we throw them out. But that seed is the life. That seed shows life. That seed, though it may look like it's not alive, you take that seed and you let it go through the process of being put in the ground and one day it will raise up and be a tree or a plant. A seed shows life. A seed shows something that was living and can live again. Amen. When I think about that coriander seed, I think that it speaks of life. I'm glad that there was life in the manna. That manna would give them life. They'd take that manna 
They would put it inside of them and it would give them strength. It would give them stamina. It would give them substance. It would give them something to keep pressing on in this life. Well, I got news for you. One day, August, uh, April 18, 1997, I got life. I got born again. I just started living. I found me a brand new life. I got a taste of something I never tasted before. I want to say there was a time in my life I was dead in my trespasses and sin. I was headed to hell without God. I was dead spiritually. But I got a dose of the manna from heaven whose name is Jesus Christ. John 1, 4 says, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Hallelujah. In him was life. That inside of that manna was life. Inside of Jesus is life. You can't kill Jesus. Oh, they put him in the grave, but three days and three nights, he got up again because there's life in him. There is eternal life in Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to Leading the Way. We would like to invite you to our services at Brooklyn Baptist Church. Our Sunday school is at 9.45 a.m., morning worship at 10.45 a.m., and our evening worship is at 6 p.m. Wednesday night worship is at 7 p.m. The church is located at 8449 Harris Bridge Road in Chesney, South Carolina. If you would like to correspond with us, please do so by writing to this address. If you would like more information about our church or to watch one of our services live, please visit our Facebook page, Brooklyn Baptist of Chesney, or our website, brooklynbaptistchurch.com. Thank you for listening, and we hope you have a blessed day.